The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's a Thanksgiving edition of Talk of Champions, a Talk of Champions Thanksgiving special, if you will. I'm by myself, no guest co-host, but I do have two guests coming on for you. First up, former Ole Miss defensive and linebacker C.J. Johnson. We talk about the Egg Bowl, but boy, do we veer off in many directions. We talk about fears, parenting, his recruitment, you name it. We cover a bunch of different topics. It can only be done on this podcast, though, right? On the Thanksgiving edition of Talk of Champions. It's a special day, and I hope you're spending it with friends and family, but thank you for listening to Talk of Champions on this day that we all celebrate together. Brian Haydad's coming up also. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk Mississippi. He's not a big fan of C.J. Johnson, but I think I figured out an embargo to get Brian Haydad and C.J. Johnson in the room so they can hug it out. But he's coming on to preview the Egg Bowl from the Mississippi State side of things. Of course, with Brian and myself, there is a tendency to veer off into the NCAA investigative mess and for me to take some digs at that side of it. Brian is a Mississippi State guy. He does a great job covering Mississippi State. He's as impartial as he can be, being the Mississippi State fan that he is. But I have to needle him. That's the nature of our relationship. But before we really get going here, some house cleaning items. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. 
Also available in SoundCloud, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by my bookie and Impact by Ironwood. Attention, past, present, and future my bookie players. For this week only, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250, and if you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well, because my bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player, a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is if you join now, you still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag, that's mybookie.ag, and make your first deposit with promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, T-O-C, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure to do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So first up on this Thanksgiving is CJ Johnson. This is going to be a long podcast. I talked to CJ for an hour. I had to edit it down. But there's no better person for Egg Bowl Day to come on and talk about the rivalry than C.J. Johnson. He was the Mississippi State recruit back during his recruitment. And then at the last minute, switched to Ole Miss, and boy, oh boy, did he set off a firestorm at Mississippi State. What is his relationship to the rivalry now? Will he watch the game on Thursday? Will he go? If he did go, what would the reception be? C.J. Johnson joins us now on the Modern Women phone line. Speed and quickness of number 10, C.J. Johnson. Here comes pressure. He's in the pocket. He's hit and he's sacked back at the 40-yard line. That's a loss of seven. C.J. Johnson. C.J. Johnson coming off the edge again for the second time. Russell in the gun. There's the snap. Three-man rush again. C.J. Johnson gets through and hits him at the 10. Only a three-man rush. And he shark fins the fans as... Johnson got through for another sack. On the Modern Woodman phone line is C.J. Johnson. It's Egg Bowl Day, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, 6.30 on ESPN. If anybody best encompasses both sides of this rivalry, it's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker, and he's on the road home back towards Mississippi. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you spending your Thanksgiving? 
I'm gonna spend it at home and around uh, around family and uh, and my newborn. So it's gonna be a great, great, great holiday. What is the one Thanksgiving food you have to have on this holiday? Uh, I would have to say uh, baked ham, man. I'm 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 kind of a fool for a good baked ham. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Are you gonna watch the Egg Bowl tonight? I am. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely uh, definitely uh, check it out, man, and uh, get to watch those guys play. I don't know it hasn't really been the season that they wanted, but uh, but this is this is the most important game of the year. You've been a coach now for a while, but I want you to take yep. the coach's hat off and just be CJ. The CJ I know will be candid about where things are. What is your impressions of where the Egg Bowl was in 2014 when they were playing for Access Bowl spots, and now in 2019 with both programs really are no longer relevant nationally? What are your thoughts? It's a little, it's a little disappointing, uh, you know. Especially, um, I was talking with one of my buddies the other night about how, back when I was in high school, um, there wasn't a lot of uh, Power Five schools from out in the Midwest, um, out east, um, and out on the West Coast, coming down south to kind of get a look at the kids. And uh, there's a kid actually from my hometown uh, named uh, Ladisha Griffin. Uh, everybody knows him as Tulu, and um, one of his top schools is Illinois. And so that's kind of you know, a little, a little odd uh, for a kid from Mississippi, and so just from an overall talent standpoint um, of how how rich the talent the talent in the state has been over the last couple of years, um, it's a little disappointing for for actually both schools to kind of to have a down year. It's uh, it's kind of unusual. So where are you right now? I know that you're a coach, so you have to be reserved in your response here. But where are you now with your hatred for Mississippi State? the bad blood that was spilled for you in that recruitment of you, a former five-star linebacker coming out of high school? Um, it's still there a little bit, um, you know, but now being a coach, um, I kind of joke with some of my family members all the time. Uh, and then now, you you know, you're getting older, you're starting to raise a family um, and things of that such. And for me right now, man, I'm loyal to my paycheck. I know, I know the old line coach at Mississippi State right now um, actually played at Ole Miss. Uh, I was an Ole Miss guy. Um, and so you can kind of see it a little bit on the coaching side. Is man, we're, we're trying to take care of our families. We're trying to, you know, make sure that uh, that we're putting food on the table. And, and for me, um, I, I still am uh, not too fond of, of you know the team down there in Starkville. But at the same time, if they came calling and give me a job, I, <laughs> I got to be quite honest with you. Uh, I definitely will be very, very interested. <laughs> Leaving all doors open. Okay, so if I would have told. 13, 14-year-old C.J. Johnson, you're not going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. You're going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. What would he have said to me? I uh, probably would have said you were crazy. Uh, probably did, probably would have told you the same thing that I uh, told Derek Nix uh, back when I was in the 10th grade, uh, going into my 11th grade years, recruiting me. Uh, and I was like, Coach, I don't know why you're wasting your time recruiting me, man. Like, I'm going to Mississippi State. And uh, I'm kind of thankful that he did uh, go with me through the process and you know, look where I am today. Kind of, kind of all worked out. What went so bad? Uh, I think it was just you know the uh, I think the coaches the coaching staff change was was a really really big deal. Um, and I think just me having the relationship that I did with the previous head coach, um, it kind of went south toward the last couple months. Um, there was just not really uh, a lot of attention showed towards me uh, in the same energy that they had throughout the beginning of the recruiting process. Um, toward the end, it just kind of felt like 
um, you know, they were into more of, you know, me trying to help them uh, get other guys as far as, you know, making sure I was still um, solidly committed. I mean, I think that was one of the big things that I really, really saw towards the end. And it was just like one of those deals where, and my mom had never really met Coach. And so um, toward the end of it, getting a chance to meet him, and, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where she was kind of like, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with him. Um, There's some things that uh, she just didn't really feel comfortable uh, with me being around. And so uh, that ultimately led to the decision of, you know, me going to Ole Miss. But how did Ole Miss become the school and jump up like that? Because I remember back then when I was reporting on it that, hey, guys, y'all need to watch for C.J. Johnson. That could be a guy that could end up on Ole Miss's signing day list. And the Mississippi State people were like, they're crazy. They're nuts. This is C.J. He's been committed for two years. No chance he's going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. How did Ole Miss get to that point? Uh, Honestly, I look at it, and I think Coach Miles had more of an impact um, on me going to Ole Miss than really uh, Mississippi State did because my mom was – she was in love with their whole staff. She loved Coach Miles. Um, Coach Chavis, who's now at Arkansas um, as a defensive coordinator, uh, was really, really in love with him. Uh, coach Haley, who's at uh, Missouri, the D-line coach that break, uh, had a really, really good relationship with him. And it was just one of those deals, man, where I was really leaning toward uh, LSU uh, more than Ole Miss. I liked LSU really the whole time. I never really talked to Coach Nutt uh, much uh, throughout the process. And it's kind of weird, you know, to be the guy in Mississippi but not really talk to the head coach. Um, and so I started talking to Coach, uh, coach Nutt probably around November um, of 2010. Just me and him built a great relationship. And uh, I just remember him coming to my house. And uh, everybody sit on the same couch. I would sit on, you know, the love seat. They were sitting down to their left. Uh, and my mom would sit on the same couch with me, and, you know, the coaches would be on the other couch. <laughs> you just watch how, you know, they would sit there and they would talk a little bit. Um, and then Coach Nutt came to my house, was kind of slouched back on the couch. He, had, he actually had his feet up on my mom's coffee table. And uh, normally when that happens, she'll say something. Uh, but when Coach did it, she didn't really say anything and was just sitting there. And you could tell how comfortable um, he was around me and my mom. Um, and just you got that sense from Coach Nutt. And a lot, if you know Coach Nutt, uh, one thing everybody will say about him is that, uh, is that he's a guy that he can be very persuasive. Um, and so he just, you know, just kind of drilled me the whole time. And then finally I told him before they left my house, I'm like, Coach, I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming to Ole Miss. And that was kind of uh, pretty much how, how it all went down. Who did you bring with you? Who could you say – I was responsible for getting Ole Miss over the finish line with these prospects. I know Aaron Morse was one. You've told the story on the podcast about being in Dan Mullen's house, calling Houston Nuts, saying, hey, coach, where am I going? But other than Aaron Morse, who else were you responsible for? Nick Brazel, Tobias? Not really Nick and Tobias because they really kind of convinced me uh, at the bowl game that Ole Miss should be a school that that I should go to. So finally I just told them, like, look, man, wherever y'all go, I'm going. So they really kind of recruited me uh, more than I recruited them. But it was just kind of so late uh, when I made my decision that, you know, I never really had to help them recruit anybody because, you know, the class was pretty much uh, pretty much done. So I didn't really get a chance to really try to influence uh, anybody one way or the other. Um, I would say that 
those two guys, and Dante and Mon- Moncrief. Moncrief, uh, he was very influential too, man, as far as me making my uh, decision, which I said it already, but I was still kind of, you know, mulling at the point. And by the time I got to my visit, that was actually only the second time I had been to Oxford. It was one of the places where people told me not to go. And then once I went, I, I never really wanted to leave. I firmly believe that you making your decision, whether you directly recruited other players or not, you being actively involved in that class, just your name floating out there that that was a possibility, solidified some other guys to make that what it was, which at the time was one of the most highly ranked classes in Ole Miss history. Yeah, no doubt it was. And, you know, the funny thing was that I think that was actually one of the first times where most of the top players in the state actually went to one school. And that was something that was kind of big for us at the time because, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State were kind of in a rough place. Um, you know, that was the first year Coach Mullen had actually been on campus. You know, it was a challenging time for both programs and for the talent that we had to be able to stay in the state on both sides because Mississippi State did sign a lot of guys that were under-recruited guys that turned out to be really, really good players. You know, guys like uh, Tavares Calhoun, uh, who comes to mind, the under-recruited guys that actually went to Mississippi State. That was a linebacker from the coast. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was actually went to Mississippi State um, and had a really, really good career on uh, the third linebacker. I think it was Nick Brown. Was that his name? Yeah. You know, guys like him, you know, they, they went on to have, you know, a lot of success. Uh, I think about even Joe Morrow. Uh, Joe didn't really, you know, play post-college. Uh, but just guys like him to actually go there and in certain games, you know, have certain moments. Um, I think about Zach, Zach Jackson from Heidelberg, um, you know, who, was, who I was really close with. Um, guys like that and Dak, you know, they just go on to have such, you know, a great career and, and do great things as always even for those guys. A.J. Brown recently came back to Mississippi, went to Starkville to a Mississippi State basketball game to support one of his closest friends. He played at Starkville High School, Tyson yep. Carter, plays for the basketball team at Mississippi State, came back to watch him, and it wasn't much of a big deal because, look, y'all all stay friends. You had right. friends on Mississippi State's roster. It wasn't a personal thing between you and the players, but you make a good point about recruiting in general. I think that there's a general sentiment that most kids commit to school over coach, but there are cases, such as with you, to where if you take for granted, if you're a new coach, the guys you have committed and don't recruit them just as heavily as the guys you're going after and don't build that relationship, you have a real chance of losing them. It matters to maintain relationships and have somebody that's staying in consistent contact and not taking anybody for granted. I think you stand as a perfect example of that. That's right. And, you know, the biggest thing is not necessarily recruiting as hard as you have to you have to make sure at the end, you know, that they, that they understand that you're all in. I think I kind of missed out on that. Um, I think I can look back at it now and understand that, you know, as a coach, being a coach now and recruiting kids now, you really see that, you know, like, hey, that's something that, you know, I don't ever take for granted. Is I try to go all, all the way um, with my kids. And the main thing is, is I try to stress that there is that and a lot of times this can get lost in recruiting as well because you talked about, you know, recruiting certain coaches, is that there's certain coaches who give you that security that, hey, look here, man, like, look, I might not be here the whole time that you're here, but I promise you this is a place that you want to be because, one, it's a great place, two, it has great people, and three, if I do leave, they're going to bring in someone who's just as committed, just as in this thing as I am, and I think sometimes 
that can get lost. And I know that's a card that I play a lot in junior college is that, hey, we're not, we don't have a lot of longevity. We're not here for a very long time. But what I can promise you is that I'm going to help you throughout your life for the rest of your life. That's the, if you choose to come play for me, that's one of my deals is that I'm a lifer. I honestly believe that all the kids that I've coached, um, I can give them a call now, you know, they'll answer and we can talk and have honest conversations. I was actually talking to a kid uh, that actually plays for me down at Southern Miss now. You know, just having that relationship with them after you're done with them, I think is the biggest thing that a coach can uh, can do. And especially in recruiting, that you got to make sure that, you know, guys understand that, man, I'm here, I'm here for the long haul. And, you know, you got to make sure that, that you recruit that way. We'll get right back to former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker C.J. Johnson after this brief word on Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The second guest on this edition, this Thanksgiving Egg Bowl special edition of Talk of Champions, is Brian Haydad. Brian Haydad covers Mississippi State for Super Talk Mississippi. Brian will tell you he was born and raised and grew up a hardcore Mississippi State fan. I have never told you this, but I told Brian, who's a close friend, that I was going to mention it to you one day. You hurt Brian Haydad's feelings when you went to Ole Miss. What do you want to say to him? At this point, I don't really care, man. I think <laughs> after, at the time that I was playing, it kind of meant a lot, especially – you know, going back home after the season's over and you run into people that hey, you grew up with that, you know, are your age and that are friends and the people that taught you through school and were big, you know, supporters of yours while you were in high school. And then to go to college and now some of those people kind of distance themselves or remove themselves from you. And it kind of happens after you're done playing ball. Like there's a lot of people right now, I guarantee you, I walk by some Ole Miss fans and then I know who I am. And I, that's great sometimes because you don't want to get bombarded with sure. fans being around you. But I think the big thing is that it's okay. I mean, I, I, I get it. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of people that hate me, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of Mississippi State people that know me, including my wife, who's a Mississippi State graduate. Uh, most of her family is. Um, it's just, you know, I, I enjoy being around great people, and that has a, a, a positive impact on me, is you know, being around great people as well regardless of who you're rooting for. And, uh, yeah, it's just one day you usually get to hate each other, so I'm, I'm good with that. I can't tell you how many conversations Brian Haydad and myself have had about C.J. Johnson. It's a weird dynamic in college football recruiting because fans are so tied into their school, right? Absolutely. The funny thing is that, you know, I, you know once you're done playing ball, but most of it kind of goes away. Um, I can just remember there were people – uh, which I'm not going to say any names. Uh, but there was people that was in my support system from, you know, the Ole Miss community. And 
you know, some of those people kind of, you know, backed out. You know, whether it was, you know, it was something where it was, hey, there was a new guy that they were, you know, going to support and try to help, you know, be successful in life. Um, and then, you know, there was other people who were like, hey, man, you know, you need a job, you need, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I'm here to help. That's the biggest thing. I mean, even some of my, you know, closest family members are just like, you know, hey, you're in the NFL, like, hey, you need something, like, are you okay, are you fine? Um, and then once you're playing ball, I, mean, I, tell, I, tell, I tell my kids this all the time, can you imagine how depressed you would be if you go from making almost $2,800, almost $3,000 in two weeks to $500 a month? Can you imagine how depressed some people would be about that? Thankfully, you know, I, I was smart enough to save my money and, and do stuff with it so that I would be able to have it at a later date because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have had people to help me out. Um, you know, and there's a lot of guys who are like me, who, you know, you're not really sure if you're going to be, uh, have the opportunity to make as most money in two or three years as some people make in a lifetime. How close are you? And then also, how close are you to being absolutely broke and don't have pot to piss in? And I think for a lot of guys, it hits, man. And it hit me for a while. I mean, it was, I went through a point there where I, I didn't quite know what the next step was going to be. And it can be scary for a lot of guys, and it can be frustrating. But I'm going to say this. I think there's some money to be made for somebody somewhere to figure out a way to transition Division One athletes who aren't in professional sports have a career and have a successful life. I think there's a place for that for somebody and somebody's going to do it, and they're going to make an uh, absolutely shit ton of money uh, because there is a dying need around the United States for somebody to build some system, some structure for us to be able to survive. And I think it doesn't get the attention that it needs because 80% of us are African-Americans. How do you tell that kid that you know grew up this poor that, hey, man, you just missed the opportunity of a lifetime, but don't worry about it. It'll be okay will help you. And I think the NFLPA tries to do a great job of it, but how far can the guys go who never signed that contract or who never signed that contract with the NFLPA or pay a dollar? How are they going to be helped? It's hard out here when you're done playing ball, man, and you don't get the attention that you know you had when you were in college. And a lot of people, they struggle with that. And one guy in particular, and I don't know, actually I would like to share his story, and that's both. Bo Wallace. Bo was a guy, man, that he struggled after he was done playing ball. And I'm just thankful that I was a guy that could be there for him and work with him over a short period of time to be able to help him get adjusted. You know, long after uh, I was able to have people to help me get readjusted because Bo actually came out of here before I did. So he was kind of going through it a little longer than I had. And so it was just kind of a joy to be able to see him be successful now and be the offensive coordinator and he's taking care of his, his own self and his family and he's doing a great job and he's going to soon get that, that big break that he needs. But it reminds me of how far that I came, you know, after playing ball. So I don't let, you know, a little piss rivalry, you know, <laughs> somebody being pissed off. That doesn't affect me. It doesn't, you know, it can't bother me because I know that, you know, there's other guys out there who I'm, you know, talking to on a day-to-day basis trying to make sure that, you know, we live, man. We live a great and healthy life. And that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot either. There's a lot of us that leave this thing really, really banged up. And I think I was thankful enough to get out when I did because now I got two-week-old and I love him to death. 
And one day, me and him are going to be able to go out in the yard and play the you know, And that's something that he's going to remember, I'm going to remember, and it's going to be you know, a great, great thing. I'm glad you brought up Bo. He was on this podcast, I think, like two weeks ago, and he did sound better. I'm not going to get into all the stuff, but Bo did have a tough adjustment that he had to make. I think it's unfortunate, but it's a reality that fans forget about the guys that leave. You care about them when they're playing for you, when they got the Ole Miss script on their helmet, when they're wearing the jersey. But when they leave, it's who's next. And you don't really pay attention to who's gone until they're honored on the field during a timeout commercial break on the field. That's right. So it would be in your best interest as a fan to at least give half a crap about what happens to these guys after football. I think that's a good point. Okay, so you won three Egg Bowls. In those Egg Bowls, each time – among your best games of the year. Is it fair to say right. you did step up your level of play when it came time to play Mississippi State? Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Through my, my career was 3-2, and two, but 3-1 and one in the games that I played in in 2013 was one of the most miserable days of my life, having to sit at home and watch that game. It was pretty heartbreaking to sit there and watch it. And I knew in 2014 I did not want to have that, that feeling again of losing this game. It didn't feel right, and, and I knew whatever I had to do in 2014 to get out there and play in that game, that I was going to do it because I, I wanted to be out there and I wanted to to make a difference. Because that's a game that for 365 days you get to brag about your team winning the game. And that's something that us as fans, we all want to happen. And so I just try to go out there and just play my best and not lose the egg bowl. Your top egg bowl memory is what? 2015 for sure. Right, of course. And I would put 2012 close second. We had been through a lot in 2012, and to finally win that game and to win it the way we did in the fashion that we did, it was pretty special. 2015 to go in there and win the game the way we did, for them to have the team that they had and be as good as they were, and for certain people to come back for that one moment to be able to spoil it and ruin it. Well, I wouldn't say ruin it because it's a special moment. But I think to, to damper it a little bit, was it was kind of fun to do. What's a holiday game like for a player? How do y'all spend holidays? Do y'all have to, like, eat Thanksgiving dinner with the team and stuff? Yeah, you do, and that's the crappy part about it. I can remember uh, going back to uh, the New Year's Bowls. I think they should do away with that. Every year, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have an Ole Miss TCU type game, maybe even more than one. The players, you don't really care about the game. Let's, let's be completely honest. The NCAA doesn't want you to know that. The bowl sites doesn't want you to know that. Uh, but when you're there a whole week, you're there six days before the game, you're kind of wore out, particularly in the last three days, filled with bowl activities. Being at those games, friend, for six days is, is entirely, entirely too long. You get wore out and you really don't care about playing the game. In 2014, uh, when we played in the Peach Bowl, 2 night 12 ball game at 2 a.m. curfew. And I think things like that is something the players should be able to enjoy. You should be able to enjoy uh, being in certain towns for bowl games like New Orleans, Atlanta, Miami. The players do need to experience that. But at the same time, you got to find a way to be able to make the games competitive. You know, I always look back to, I think, 2012, I think it was, when Alabama played Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. Oklahoma just absolutely destroyed them. 
you can't tell me Alabama was up to that game. They had just lost, I think, was it the week before, to not get in the championship game. And so you go from playing a national championship game to have to settle for the Sugar Bowl. Now, the Sugar Bowl is a great bowl. But for Alabama to win, I think, what was it was there from 2007 to 11, they won you know, how many national championships? To be able to say, okay, yeah, screw the national championship. Now you go down to New Orleans and you play the Sugar Bowl against whoever. Alabama's not going to be up for that game. But the other team is, they're going to be absolutely fired up for it. Just like uh, us in 14, we go over to play TCU. They were pissed off because they didn't get in the college football playoff, which I think they should have. They was definitely good enough. And you got a team like Ole Miss where we were banged up toward the end of the year. Happy as hell to be on a big stage for the first time. And really all of our careers, it was like, okay, well, we're going to go have fun. And we did. We had, you know, a lot of fun, but not as much fun playing in the game. And I think they got to figure that out. And I think now you're starting to see players sit out for these games because they don't want to get hurt and such and such. And so, yeah, it's the college football bowl system is starting to change a little bit. And some people are more frustrated than others. That voice you hear is former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker C.J. Johnson on this Thanksgiving edition of Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions, if you didn't know by now, is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Jerion Ely, John Rice Plumley, Jonathan Mingo, Lakia Henry, Sam Williams. There are some pieces. You buy in the future being bright for Ole Miss football, or does it come down to whether or not Matt Luke can get it done? Huh. This is tough, man, because, you know, you always want to see them do well, you know, to have some of the coaches on the staff that you have relationships with. It's always tough, man, when, you know, they're put in these type of situations. Um, but I do. I honestly think that uh, the future is really bright. Um, I think not only for Ole Miss, but for Mississippi State as well. Just the talent in the state of Mississippi, I can't stress this enough. It cannot be overlooked. These kids now, they're playing some really, really good football, and they're some really, really, really good football players. So I think they're, they're going to have to capture the state of Mississippi, obviously, both schools. And if they can do that, um, I think they have a chance, uh, both schools, to be successful in the near future. Um, and I know Ole Miss specifically, having to keep Mobile over quarterback, he's special. And then you look down there in Starkville, they have a young quarterback as well. It's going to be some exciting times over the next couple of years for, for both of them. Who wins the Egg Bowl? Oh, that's obvious, right? To win games, you got to score points. And uh, right now, Ole Miss is playing better in offense than they are. But defensively, you probably have to get it to, to Mississippi State that have more experience um, on the defensive side of the ball. So it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, you have two teams who aren't necessarily playing their best ball. But at the same time, it's a robbery game. And the most coin phrase in robbery games is anything can happen. So we'll see. All right. How's mom and baby? And I really like mom and baby's doing good, man. It was something special to see, man. And, it's amazing. Uh, women are truly the most special uh, people we have on this earth. 
they're the greatest thing we have uh, on, on earth, man. Uh, to to have a baby come out of you, God, you got to be tough. And uh, my my wife, she's very very tough, and uh, I'm I'm very very proud of her, man, and to be able to to go through that in the next couple of days to be up walking around. It's special. It truly is. And uh, baby's doing good, man. I'm just I'm so happy to be his father and uh, just trying to do everything I can to take care of him. Not to be crude, but females have a miracle organ. Because I was told by the doctor, we're delivering Gracie, don't look back after it's over. It was like Sodom and Gomorrah for me. I looked back, oh my God, it was like staring into Predator's mouth. And I learned not to look back when Riley came. But after I saw that, I thought to myself, okay, I don't know how that's ever going to recover, how that's ever going to bounce back. And it does. It's a miracle. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing experience. The funny thing to me was, you give her medicine, you know, kind of numb her up or whatever. And uh, the whole time she's like up and she's talking to me and she's medicated and like, we're just having these weird conversations, you know, like, you know, like once you go under that stuff, man, you know, like they say, drunk man never tells a lie. I mean, if you get talking, started talking to somebody who's on, you know, a lot of that medicine, man, they're having surgery. It's pretty comical. And uh, I was just amazed, you know, they're like, He's about to come out, you know, and they're like, stand up. And uh, I stand up and like his head sticking out. And I'm like, oh God, I got to sit back down. <laughs> I got, got weak, man. And I'm, I'm the kind of person, like, I have a very weak stomach. Speaking of weak stomach, how much do you know about West Kansas? Not a ton. Okay. In West Kansas, they slaughter a lot of cows. Uh, the guy told me they slaughtered like 3,000 cows a day or something like that. Oh my God. Probably where your beef is coming from that you're going to cook today. They have these feed lines and uh, those same tubes they use to get all the guts and all that stuff out, right? Oh, my God. So when one of the lines break, it, like, goes out, like, into the into the air. So we're going out to play Garden City, and we're on a bus for probably eight minutes from the hotel. The guy's like, just hold your breath when you get out. So I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And we just had, like, a seven-and-a-half-hour bus ride. As soon as I step off the bus, I puke. It smelled so bad that when I got off the bus, I puked everywhere and had to literally hold my breath and run in the hotel. You and I have been friends for a while now. I don't think I've ever told you the story. You know I've got a true phobia for gum. Like, I get repulsed when I'm around it. And the reason why is because when I was 10 years old, family trip to L.A., we're in this big Astro van. It's my family of five plus a friend of my brother's and my grandmother. And my twin brother and I were sitting on opposite ends of my grandmother who was in the middle. I used to get really bad car sickness. If I rode in the back of a car, I got sick. It didn't matter what car it was, but an Astro van, that uh, made it even worse. So we're riding in a, in a rainstorm in L.A., and you know traffic in L.A. is bad. Oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's hot as hell in this van. I'm getting sick. I'm feeling terrible. I can't crack the window. Torrential downpour outside. And my grandmother, God love her, you know how grandmothers are in the South. She pulls out that Ziploc bag of gum, and it was the Wrigley Spearmint gums, the ones that smell the strongest. Wrigley Spearmint, double mint gum, the yellow kind, whatever that's called, I can't remember. The strongest smelling gum imaginable and passes it out to everybody. And my dad had to pull over not 10 minutes later because I yacked everywhere in a gas station parking lot. I shot for distance. And, bro, 
I have not touched wow. a stick of gum since I was 10 years old. If I'm around it, if I smell it, I get nauseous. So it was hilarious to me. Gracie comes out, and Dr. Williams, who's a phenomenal doctor in New Albany, but real dry humor, pulls Gracie out and says, do you want to cut the cord? And I'm like, hell no! I'm feeling nauseous. I'm right. feeling gross. I'm like, oh, my God. And Dr. Williams puts Gracie over to the nurse to get her cleaned up, takes the gloves off, turns over to me, and he goes, so uh, do you think we're going to beat Alabama this week? Uh. Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> he just told Miss Fair want to talk about Alabama, and I'm over here having this existential crisis. That is amazing, though. Yeah. I can't believe you You have a phobia of gum. That's weird. Oh, dude. Like, I hate being in small spaces, and I hate heights. Like, I'm very, very afraid of heights. Like, if you're sitting beside me on the airplane, like, I'm going to beg you to let the window down. Like, I'm just, like, I can't do it. I get sick. Can't do it. I remember I was working at my high school during the summer, and we were at the elementary school, and an uh, air conditioner unit goes out. And uh, the guy fixed it, and Mr. Tucker. Um, and so the boss, he comes over and we clean out these rooms so they can, you know, wax the floors and stuff like that. And he goes, hey, uh, the unit out over in, you know, the first, the kindergarten building, we need you to go over there and help Tucker. So they call him Tucker, uh, go up and fix the, uh, the unit. Now, I don't know shit about electricity, okay? <laughs> Nothing about how to fix it. <laughs> Uh, air conditioner, and here I am. I'm going over here to help Tucker. Right? So I'm like, ah, oh, I got it. No big deal. You know, it's like a little high school, you know, a little building. No, no big deal. We'll be on, you know, on, on, the, on the roof. No big deal. And dude, I took about three steps up that ladder, and I got so sick. <laughs> I had to take off work for the rest of the day. Oh. I got to take like literally three steps and just like, oh, I was like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I was like, what the hell is wrong with I'm like, Mr. Rick, I just I cannot do it. And uh finally and he he's a Mississippi State guy, so then I was committed at the time, so I was like, we'll just take gas up, you know, whatever. So he sent me home. Since then I've never been on I've never got on a ladder or everything. I am so claustrophobic that my nightmare is getting stuck in an elevator. And uh, I'm, I'm going nah. to cover a spring football game for Ole Miss doing my duty. I get on the elevator by myself to go up to the press box. Now, that elevator at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium is already hit or miss to begin with, and I knew that. You but got I, that right. I'm just hoping upon hope. I accidentally hit the wrong button first, but then I hit the button for the media, for the, for the press box. So when it gets to the floor that I accidentally pushed the button for, the elevator catches. I can see the floor, but it stopped, and it creaked open just enough to where I didn't feel like I was in a coffin. But I started bouncing right. off the walls, punching that door to where my knuckles are bleeding. I lost my mind. I'm sitting there in the fetal position, rocking back and forth with bloody knuckles. I said to myself at that point, if I can just get out of this, I will never ride an elevator again. And unless I'm at the 80th floor in a New York hotel, I'm taking the stairs. Those elevators, I don't know if they've changed them now, but the ones in South End Zone, it is, oh my God. Yeah. Your life flashes before your eyes. You think, this is it. This is how I die. Are you going to watch the Egg Bowl? Yes, I am. I, I, I plan on going, uh, but I don't know if I was going to go to actually the actual game game. Uh, but then again, I kind of don't. I'm not really ready to go to Spartanville right now. I haven't been to Spartanville but once <laughs> uh, since I was done playing ball. That was when my, my wife's sister graduated and my wife graduated in Meridian, so that was great. So we didn't have to go to Spartanville for that. 
but yeah, so I've only been there once since uh, since I've left college, and I don't know. It's just it, it kind of gives me that that weird feeling of going back. Like my worst fear, you know, Brian, right? Like guys like Brian. Well, what if Brian gets drunk? And then Brian sees me, and then Brian lose complete self control. That's gonna put me in a really, really tough spot. <laughs> a really, really tough spot. And so, what I try to do is, is I try to remove myself from those situations. So that's what I try to do, man. I try to minimize going that way or being around those type of people as much as I can. Oh man, I don't know if I'd be thrilled with that. So that's kind of why I try to. I'm trying to stay out of Starkville. Maybe once my kid gets old enough to walk and talk and stuff like that and I become an old fart, then maybe one day. I'm sure that day when you do become an old fart, you'll still be coming on the Talk of Champions podcast. I hope so, man. Yeah. These kids keep me busy, which I probably don't have more kids. Oh, really? How many? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're two and through. How far are you going? We've made the decision that we're not going to end on an odd number. Okay. That's it. All right. I told my wife if she could promise me a boy. I said I only wanted two girls and I'd be good, but I really want a boy. If I could somehow guarantee myself a boy, I'd have one more. But other than that, I love my girls. I adore them. I just I, I can't do it anymore. I was about to say, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure now as far as science and yes. how far science has come along, I'm sure you can find somebody out there that could uh, guarantee you'll have a boy yeah. for the right dollar. I'd have to go do my business in a cup, and then they make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I know, bro. You just think about you go do your business in the cup and then they get your cup confused with another guy's cup. Oh, man. He's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end, linebacker. Got nothing but love for you, friend. Be careful on your travels. Enjoy Thanksgiving. My best to the wife, to the new baby. Let's catch up soon. Will do, man. I will take care. Same to you, and I highly doubt it. That was former Ole Miss defensive end linebacker C.J. Johnson. This is a Thanksgiving edition of Talk of Champions. Got a modern woodman double dip coming up with Brian Haydad of Super Talk Mississippi to further preview the Egg Bowl. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. I told you, the C.J. Johnson interview went in many different directions. But it was fun. CJ was driving home from Kansas to go spend the holiday with his wife, with his newborn, to enjoy the Egg Bowl. He thinks Ole Miss wins. I have no idea where I stand on how this game is going to turn out. Brian Haydad, he might pick Mississippi State. I don't know. We're going to go to him now. But first, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Don't look now, but the holiday season is almost upon us. That special time of year to spend with family and friends, and that includes spoiling your loved ones. And what better way to spoil them than with a new car? Now the car buying process, no one loves it. That's why the only place to go, the only place I've ever gone, is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Sinatobia, Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And that means you can expect to learn all of the features of the specific new Ram 1500, 2500, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, Dodge Charger, or Chrysler Pacifica you're interested in in the market for a used car. Their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory. 
And when the time comes for you to drive home your next car, their auto finance team is standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. Alan Samuels of Oxford truly has every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how they can best serve you. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman Phone Line is Brian Haydad. First of all, how are you spending your pre-Egg Bowl Thanksgiving? Uh, I believe we are, we're going to have a tailgate put together out there in the junctions. That's where I'll get my turkey and dressing. Oh, wow. So no spending the time with the family. It's all football all day for you. Uh, the, the, the family, the family go, comes with. Oh, okay. What's your go-to have-to-have-it-on-Thanksgiving food? Oh, it's a turkey. Much like the father on A Christmas Story, I am a turkey <laughs> junkie. Love the turkey. <laughs> Please tell me you don't like stuffing. Are you talking about stuffing or dressing? Dressing. I'm not a big fan of dressing. Okay. Because what is dressing made of? It's made of cornbread. And those who know Brian Haydad know he is no fan of the cornbread. I knew that. Turkey, mac and cheese, some bacon-wrapped green beans, little mashed potatoes and gravy. And then because I'm Lebanese, and if you have any Lebanese listeners, shout out to them, we have some kibbe. I'm not going to go to the Egg Bowl. I know. Are you upset? No, but I will tell your, your, your listeners, if you need Ole Miss content from someone on site... My coworker Brian Scott Rippey will be there. Well, I'll just say that Talk of Champions and the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, has been the best source for Ole Miss football coverage all season. So, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> looking at the matchup, I was on your podcast this week. You're on mine. Yeah. I know where you're going with this, but I ask you anyway, what's your general sense of how this game is going to play out? I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't like either defense, to be totally honest. From the MSU perspective, how can you not be a little bit intimidated by Plumley? Sort of the same way Fitzgerald has been the past couple of years for Ole Miss. A guy that if you give him an inch, he will take a mile. You can blink and he'll, he'll be behind the line of scrimmage, and then you blink again and he's 25, 30 yards up the field. That's an incredible athlete. The depth that Ole Miss has in their backfield is, is incredible. Obviously, they're a bit one-dimensional, but that didn't stop Mississippi State last year from, from being able to move up and down the field. Um, and then defensively, I think Ole Miss is – very, very much improved from where they were a season ago. I don't. I know he wasn't on the, the finalist list for the Broyles Award, but who's done a better job than Mike McIntyre? Uh, you know, took a, a defense that was the worst in the country. And I don't really care what the numbers say if they were like third worst or fourth worst. You could watch Ole Miss games last year, and somebody would catch the ball, and there would not be a blue helmet within 20 yards of anybody. It's so um, incredible, man. I have a theory on Wesley McGriff. Do you want to hear? Oh, yes. He's a genius. A genius. Let me tell you what, Ben, if I told you right now you could quit the Ole Miss spirit and go take another job that in, would pay you $2.5 million over mm. two years, mm. and then you would be fired from that job, but you could go right back to the Ole Miss spirit and be making what you're making right now like you never left, would you yeah. do that? Yes. yes. That's what he did. He yeah. pulled that off. The man's a genius. Isn't that the American dream, that kind of job security? It is. It 
Jason Garrett's another good example yeah. of this. Jason Garrett's your favorite favorite guy right now. Dak uh, is playing at an MVP level. Everybody, somebody cut that out. Go cut ahead. Cut that clip out for me. Clip me. And they're six and five. We're getting off topic here, but I don't care. So today on Thunder and Lightning, we do our, our mailbag segment, and somebody was asking who we think should be the next coach of the Cowboys. Oh. And we were just throwing out some names, and Joel threw out, what about Dan Mullen? Oh, God. Mullen and Dak reunited? <sighs> you don't think Mullen has, has an itch to maybe try it in the NFL? I'm going to throw out a name, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Lincoln Riley. That's the number one guy to choose. Right. That's who you should go get. Yeah. But Mullen would be interesting. We're off topic. Mullen's the one that caused this egg bowl to become as vitriolic oh, as it has over the course of the last six years. Cheated. That Dan Mullen. Greg Sankey comes out and says this week he wants a kinder, gentler egg bowl. Do you buy yeah, it? Yeah. Do you think it's coming? I think it's sort of interesting to try to predict a fight. I thought there would be one two years ago, Mullen's last game. Of course, Fitzgerald gets hurt, and I, I, I felt like there was going to be a brawl. And it didn't really come. You know, there was a lot of trash talk and all that, but nothing that really happened. And then last year for two and a half quarters or two, almost three full quarters, the game was just being played, and then it, had, it got out of hand. I, I don't think the guys are, on either side are going into the game looking to fight. It just sometimes it boils over. I don't think there will be a fight. And Richard Cross made this point today on Sports Talk Mississippi. He said, last year was not the first fight. We had Deuce McAllister on. He talked about the fight in 97. There was a fight in 90. There were fights throughout the 70s and the 60s. The, the trophy came about because the two student bodies met at midfield in a Pier 6 altercation. I don't think you can ever get rid of it all the way. And that's just sort of the nature of the beast. But do I think that anybody's looking to fight this year? No, I don't think that's the case. I find it hilarious that Greg Sankey is coming out saying he hopes for a kinder, gentler egg bowl after his inaction during Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case led to immunity interviews from rival players to add to a second in away for Ole Miss. Do you think Mike Slive would have ever? I've already had this discussion once today, Garrett. I don't feel like having it again. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm telling you that what you're saying Mike Slive would have done is just swept everything under the rug. No, I'm saying he would have told the that's, NCAA no, that first in OA, you've gotten your pound of flesh, that's it. Going and getting Leo Lewis and pulling him into this, it's a bad look for everybody, not going to happen. So what you're saying is he would have swept it under the rug? No. That is what you're saying. Wait, so are you saying clear. that Leo Lewis was not paid by Mississippi State? I'm saying that that's what the tra- – I don't know if the transcript says oh, okay. that or not. This I, is – top- we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. I want to know, was it worth it? Now that the game doesn't mean anything outside of this little bubble in Mississippi, was it worth it over there, well, the sense you get? I think that you know the reason it doesn't make it as much uh, hay for Mississippi State this year is they just hired a bad football coach. If Mullen were still here and still winning, which he would have been, I don't know that – last year he probably – Mullen would have won like 10 games this year – Mullen probably have two more wins. He wouldn't be sweating bowl eligibility at this point. I don't think it would have made a huge difference. Here's my biggest question, because I was talking about this on Tuesday. It feels like Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State, regardless of the outcome of the Egg Bowl, heading for a divorce. Do you get that sense? Because when I had you on two months ago and I asked you about the Rutgers possibility, your direct answer immediately was, come on, come on. But now it feels real like these two parties want to move on from each other. I still feel that. I think that I think it's a bad fit, and it's pretty obvious. I don't think he's going to Rutgers, though, for two reasons. One, I don't think he would. 
I don't think he would voluntarily leave to go to Rutgers because that is that is it. I mean, if 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 he has the choice to stay or go to Rutgers, I think he would stay. That said, if you're Rutgers, somebody was asking me about this, and I guess you could sell it as, especially if State can win, if State wins on Thursday, you could say, hey, well, you know, he went to two bowl games in a, in, in a row at Mississippi State. That's a tough program to win at, and he can do it here. I guess that's how you sell it. But if he loses, I don't know what you're selling as your new head coach up there. But that said, if he doesn't win this game, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I don't think it's done by any stretch of the imagination, especially because State's athletic director is a former coach. And he's the guy who's going to draw on his own experiences and know that in his second year he had one of his worst teams at Mississippi State, and it took him some time to get things going in the right direction. Moorhead, is, was sort of, he sort of did himself in, sort of the way Freeze did himself in with the tweet, getting off the plane and talking about championships and what's your ring size and good to great and championship standard. I think if he could go back in time, he just got off the plane and been like, I'm happy to be here. We're going to build a great program. He sort of screwed himself. You took the team that everybody thought was State's most talented, had three first-round picks, had the nation's – I'm going to use this stat again. I think I used it the last time I was on. It boggles my mind every time I say it. But State gave up 12 touchdowns last year and, and lost five games. Unreal. That is an unreal statistic. That was the most talented team he'll probably ever have. And he had a veteran quarterback who, say what you want, had, been, had proven he could run an offense and move the ball in the SEC. He had a returning 1,000-yard rusher. He had two guys who are currently starting in the NFL on his offensive line. Elton Jenkins, if offensive lineman had stats, might be the rookie of the year. That guy's having an incredible year in Green Bay, but he only won eight games. I think he hit the floor. I don't think State could have lost more than eight games. You look at their, the, the, the games they won, they blew everybody out almost. The games they lost, they just lost. I think right now, if you said make a prediction, I think if State wins, he'll stay, and if he, they lose, he'll go. But I don't know that it's a slam dunk that he'll go. I was going to ask you to handicap it. 75-25, he's gone. Have you heard anything about maybe what type of coach they then want to pursue if that does happen? Some of the usual names are coming out. Mike Norvell's name has been brought up. I'm sure they would put out a feeler to Bill Clark at UAB. Billy Napier is a name I've heard a lot uh, down at Louisiana. Mark Hudspeth's name has been brought up a good bit. You know, he's having a, a big year at Austin P. They're in the FCS playoffs. Those are probably the names I've heard the most. That's what I said on Tuesday. You know it's the worst-case scenario for Ole Miss. Matt Luke, win or lose the Egg Bowl, he's back for 2020. Mississippi State, win or lose for Joe Moorhead, move on from Joe Moorhead. And Mike Norvell or Billy Napier, both of which would be strong scheme fits should you be able to convince them to come coach your team, are now coaching Mississippi State. If you feel like next year both teams are going to be looking for coaches, it makes sense to get ahead. It makes sense to, okay, they're going to fire their guy next year, no matter what, because they're not, they're not getting it done. So why don't we go ahead and make our move now? We don't like our guy anyway. We make our move now, and that means next year when they're in transition, we are stable. Well, you sacrifice a little bit this year, but my guess is the right coach comes in and you're okay. State, if Moorhead leaves, they probably lose Jaquavius Marks, their, their, their tailback uh, commitment, the four-star kid out of, out of Georgia. But you have another kid. You have the Dylan Johnson guy from, from Greenville St. Joe who's a great athlete. And in all likelihood, if you put the press on his teammate, Trey Benson, who's another good player who's committed to Oregon, he maybe could make the flip there. But running back to the position where State can find guys, and if, especially if Kylan Hill comes back for a senior year, which that's probably 50-50, but you're going to be okay there. But then you go into next year, and Ole Miss is making the transition, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're stable. That, that makes a lot of sense. And the guy who I think would be happiest with a Billy Napier, or, or Mike Norvell, to be totally honest, is Keaton Thompson. Because I think if Napier, especially the scheme he runs, he would come in and tell Keaton, don't leave. 
you're going to be the guy. We're going to redshirt Schrader, and we'll see what happens from there. Do you believe in Schrader long term? Yes. What you said about Plumlee on my podcast, uh, I believe the same thing's for Schrader. He's got the it factor. That guy is a. You talk. He's from North Carolina. He's from Charlotte. Woo, North Carolina. But he is a Mississippi State kind of guy. He's very down home, very cool, very you know, very comfortable in his own skin. Salt of the earth, uh, while you uh, uppity teddy yeah. bears. Yeah, I get it. I wasn't going to go there, Ben, but if you want to play dirty, <laughs> yes, he feels like a Mississippi State guy to me, talking to him. And a very confident kid. Does, does not lack for confidence. He wears cargoes yeah, to longer. church. I'm sorry. He came to one interview with a pair of cut-off jorts on. And, I mean, they were a little too high. They were two inches away from being Daisy Duke. Ooh. ooh. I was like, wow. <laughs> but uh, that said, yeah, I, I do believe in him long-term. I think he's a really talented player. Ole Miss wins the Egg Bowl if what happens? If they can hit some big plays in the passing game. Because, I, I, like I said, I don't know if they can slow down the running game. And that, that's my fear is that if they hit a couple of those big plays to Elijah Moore, I think they're going to uh, that, – that's going to make for a long night for Mississippi State. Mississippi State wins if what happens? If Tommy Stevens can, can throw the football and, and complete passes against that Ole Miss secondary, which is not good. has not been good all year. I think it's ranked 120. They're much better schematically. They're much better at tackling, but they still have issues in the secondary. And uh, Stevens, when he's passing the ball, obviously that will loosen things up for Kylan Hill and for Stevens in the running game. The last uh, few games he's been really good as a runner. I guess it's the same thing. I, think, I guess I'm looking at the passing game for both sides. Whoever makes some big plays vertically is probably going to win the game. We'll get right back to Brian Haydad, who covers Mississippi State for Super Talk Mississippi, after this brief word on the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood in Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern. Open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. 
Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It feels like all this stuff with Joe Moorhead comes from last year because that was inarguably one of, if not the most talented teams Mississippi State will ever have. And winning only eight games led to Joe Moorhead immediately getting put on the yeah. hot seat. Because I know I asked you before the year last year, who other than Alabama can compete for the SEC West? I know that you're in Mississippi State, not Homer, but you slant towards state. Let's be real. Sure. And you yeah. said – without hesitation, Mississippi State, and you laid it out pretty concisely, and I ultimately thought you made a good point because when you look across the board, this team should be competing for an SEC West title, and that defense was ungodly good. And that's where all of this stems from. Am I wrong? You're not wrong because you can't stack disappointment on disappointment. Here's the real thing about this. He had everybody back on board after the Egg Bowl. All right, He's won eight games. That game could have been a lot worse. And then he has the run-in with whoever, what was Michael Thompson or whoever on the field, and calls him a loudmouth bleeping AD and talks about he's not going to take any stuff off of anybody in the press conference. And everybody's back on board. And then he gets to the bowl game and just lays an absolute turd against Iowa. Here's another great stat, Ben. Iowa had negative 13 yards rushing in that game and won. Oh, my God. Doesn't make sense, right? That's how bad offensively they were last year. And so everybody sort of dropped off. I think he had some momentum in the middle of the summer when he got Tommy Stevens in, and then he got Isaiah Zuber, who's been a huge disappointment. But there was a thought, okay, he's got his quarterback here. Stevens is his guy. The offense has to be better, and it's not. You hired a guy who you said was this offensive guru, and his offenses are terrible. I've said it a few times on the pod. It's like if State was losing these games 45-42 and they just couldn't stop anybody, people would not be as mad as they are losing 38-7, to 36 to 13, 28 to 7, the losses they've had. They're not even able to move the football. And I think some of it is they look at Ole Miss and say, well, I know they're not winning, but they put 37 points up on, on, on LSU and they put up 31 on, on Alabama and they had the ball with a chance to win against Auburn. And we can't even do that. See, that's my thing is Mississippi State looks at all of the stuff that Ole Miss went through and you've gotten to this point in 2019 and you say, we should have pulled away at least a little bit, and yeah. yet both of these yeah. programs are in similar places. At best, they're even right now. Yeah. See, Matt Luke's problem, and look, I've said this countless times. I like Matt Luke personally. This is not personal. But this is a results-oriented business, just like it is with Joe Moorhead. And in every winnable game this year, he lost. Let me ask you this. A friend of mine made this point to me about State, but I think it applies to Ole Miss, too. Is an Egg Bowl win worth about 10,000 season tickets to the winner? Oh, God. Hmm. I mean, I don't think Ole Miss, I don't think this game means anything for Ole Miss for next year in attendance. Nothing. You don't think you can at least, you sell people on, we got the egg back and we have this exciting young freshman team that they're going to be back next year and they're going to be better. No. You know, okay. I mean, you would know more than me. For state, I think, I don't know, have have you seen state schedule for next year? Have you seen Ole Miss's? Ole Miss's schedule is very hard. Yeah. But they, the next year's the year they get Alabama, Auburn, and State at home. From a attractive matchup standpoint, Alabama, State, and Auburn are coming to Oxford, right? Yeah. Okay. 
State, this is State's home schedule for next year. I know your dad is in, in the restaurant business, so you know something about marketing. I want you to sell me on buying season tickets to this, especially coming off an Egg Bowl loss. And Moorhead's back, especially, we'll say that. New Mexico State, <laughs> Tulane, Alabama A&M, Auburn, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Missouri. That's your home slate. Can I just say, though, that Mississippi State does its non-conference scheduling right? Why in the world is Ole Miss ever opening with Baylor? Texas Tech, stop! They weren't scheduled last week. But my God. College football was probably scheduled five, six years ago. But my God. At least have some forecasting forward to where the program could potentially be. State is playing, uh, their their Power 5 game is against uh, former Ole Miss head coach Dave Dorn in North Carolina State. (laughs) I like that. That was good. Head coach for about 15 minutes. The player that has to be good for Mississippi State is who? Tommy Stevens. I trust Colin Hill to be good. Stevens is, is the X factor. The player that has to be good for Ole Miss that's not named John Rice Plumley. I feel like I need to go off the board here. The Egg Bowl always had some random guy, right? Yeah. Um, if I can say Plumley, I'm going to go back to what I said about the passing game, Elijah Moore. Hey, yeah. yeah. If you can get the kind of game that A.J. Brown had two years ago here, you'll win. Ole Miss wins. So now that A.J.'s a Tennessee Titan, mm-hmm. are you a fan? Well, I'm not a Titans fan. I know, but you can cheer oh, him on. Yeah. You love Tell that you guy. I saw, I saw AJ the other day. Oh. He was in the Well, well, well. Breaking you know, news. Oh, I got a picture to send you then. Hell yeah, you do. But uh, he was at the uh, MSU basketball game. Yeah, he and Tyson Carter, close friends from, you know, AJ went to Starkville High as did Tyson. And because uh, I was walking past him, he was talking to Tyson out on the court. And I'm going back to my seat to grab, you know, sit down and write. And I looked at him, I was like, well, I knew you'd visit Starkville eventually. And he said what? Uh, he laughed. Okay. He laughed. He's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's probably, he's probably like, dumbass. But, but. Which recruitment hurt you the most, A.J. Brown or C.J. Johnson? C.J. Johnson. A.J. Brown was never committed to state. And even though he's a Starkville guy, I got the impression pretty early in his senior year that he was not coming to state. I thought he was going to Alabama up until the end. I never hung my hat on that. That said, and I'll give A.J. credit, He's the best high school football player I ever saw. Ever? A hell of a good college football player, too. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I played small school football, so it's not like I got to play against a lot of guys. But I've seen some, some, some good players in this state, and incredible. I saw them play West Point his senior year, and he caught a little slant. And I'm one of those, like, step, step, turn your body and catch. And as he pivoted his hips, I looked at my wife and I said, he's gone. Now, he's like – Six, five yards from the line of scrimmage. I said, he's gone. He catches the ball, and he turns, and he immediately starts pulling away from the West Point cornerback, who had no shot, and he, uh, he scored. And I was just watching. I was like, that is the greatest play I've ever seen. It was a little slant. And he turned it into an 80-yard touchdown. The best high school football player I ever saw. C.J. Johnson was committed to state, went to the Egg Bowl, was assaulted by an Ole Miss fan, and still went to Ole Miss. Come on. I wasn't going to tell you this, but also in this podcast with C.J. Johnson. So. Tell him I said, hey. He doesn't know who I am, but, you know. Oh. I will tell you this. I have told many times the story you told me about C.J. going to the Philadelphia Eagles and running into Chris Wilson. Yes. Everybody I tell that story to laughs a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You gave me, you gave me a, a conversation starter. It's kind of a great story, and C.J. laughs about it. He said he walked it's into funny. that room. He said he walked into that room and went, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. Uh, yeah. One going to be an Eagle. All right, All right so no. uh, give me the final score. 
Oh, I got to make my prediction. I haven't even made that on my show yet. This isn't airing until Thursday, you said? Yes. I feel like if both teams play their best game, State would win. I think State's just a little bit better than Ole Miss. The problem is, will State play their best game? I'm going to err on the side of caution and say yes. They're going to be motivated to play, to go to a bowl game, uh, to maybe maybe keep their coach's job. State wins 38-35. Is Joe Moorhead liked by his players? I think so, especially the, the younger guys, the ones he's recruited. They like him, and Stevens likes him. And Kylan Hill, whether he likes him or not, he's been running the ball much better the past few weeks, and I think if he is going to make a, a, a go pro, he needs to have another you know, couple more good games. I think State shows up and, and wins. But, and this goes back to the B&B days, we used to talk about a four-outcome game where Team A could win close or big, Team B could win close or big. This is a four-outcome game. If we wake up on Friday and Ole Miss won 48 to nothing, won't be totally surprised. I doubt there's any scenario you could throw at me that I'd go, oh, man, that'd be surprising. Only if they fly you in for the game and you and I have to decide at trial by combat stop. <laughs> the Viper in the Mountain, let's go. If Joe Moorhead wins... Is he going to be the head coach? At Mississippi State next season? Yeah. Yes, but I don't know about beyond that because I just don't buy into him long term. I won't be surprised if State makes him. If, if Moorhead doesn't turn it around next year quickly, there's a, there's a spot where they play their first three games are non-conference, and then they play, and I, and I may not have the order correct, but I think it's, it's A&M, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, back to back to back to back. Does he have a big buyout? I don't think it's, it's that big. I have to double-check. It's, it's, not, it's not something that would just kill him. If Keith Carter were to get rid of Matt Luke right now, it would cost $17 million for the whole staff. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Next year, I don't know if you knew this, like State moved the schedule around. They play Alabama in early October next year. They actually play them on the third Saturday of October, which is funny, considering that the SEC won't change the schedule because of the third Saturday in October. But that, this, next year it's State versus Alabama on that day. And they play Arkansas in September. I can't wait to travel to Kentucky on November the 14th. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be cold at all. And, Lexington's uh, fun, though. It's good barbecue. Kentucky? Yeah. I had a good time in Lexington. I didn't get barbecue, but I, got, I had a good time up there. Oh, I got a good restaurant for you. You know what to do, then. Send yeah. that to me. Yeah. I'm with you, though, similar to Joe Moorhead. If Matt Luke starts one and four, I'm curious as to how long the leash will be. Strong as Keith Carter has come out for Matt Luke. The 2020 Egg Bowl could see a Rich Rodriguez versus Tony Hughes matchup. Uh, Mike McIntyre versus Tony Hughes, but I see your point. Yeah, I think that's who the interim would be at State. But don't you hire an interim that has no chance of getting the job? Absolutely, 100%. Tony Hughes would not be the next head coach at State after that. See, McIntyre could be the next head coach, so if you're Ole Miss, you've got to learn from past mistakes if Matt Luke doesn't work out. Not saying he's not going to, but right now the results aren't there. Maybe he turns it around. But if I'm Ole Miss and he doesn't work out, my interim head coach is, I don't know, Tyrone Nix. So who's your, what's your prediction? You didn't make one. <sighs> I have no idea. I'm not trying to bail out. I honestly have no clue. No idea. Until you asked me, I had not in my mind settled on anything. You and I have talked about this game every year for, what, seven years, eight years? Basically, yeah. We've done some sort of, of, of audio together, yeah. And usually when we have no clue, we default to the home team. But last year, that blew that out of the water. So, Well, hell, the last four years. Yeah. 2014 was the last time the home team won. Then I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I'll just go with the recent trend. But I'll tell you this. Whoever wins, it ain't going to be by much. I agree with that. I don't, I don't see a blowout. But I won't be surprised by one either. State could win 50 to nothing. Ole Miss could yeah. win 50 to nothing. 
I really won't bat that many eyelashes at. <laughs> Either way, Brian Haydad and I will still be friends. I won't see you until you know mid-February when yeah. I come up there for basketball. Oh, God, i got to go back to the hump. I forgot. God. Thanks for that reminder. That's the last game of the year. You knew that, right? They like to talk about the Egg Bowl of basketball. I hate that. Term, I hate that. It really is this year. It's the last game of the regular season. He's Brian Haydad, yeah. at Brian Haydad on Twitter. My good friend, my buddy. He works for Super Talk. Check out his stuff, Thunder and Lightning Podcast. He does great work. Love him to death. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. That was Brian Haydad of Super Talk Mississippi. He covers Mississippi State for Super Talk. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, usually in the guest co-host chair, at least the last two weeks. Colin Brister at Colin Brister on Twitter. Before we leave, I want to tell you about Sola, an incredible new restaurant on the Oxford Square. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've maintained their loyal regulars, but have also enjoyed the opportunity to earn the business of many new friends who wanted to break out of their old habits and try something new. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. Go by and see them. You'll agree. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A-Oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. They routinely post specials and pictures of their mouth-watering, incredible cuisine. They're definitely worth a follow. But more importantly, they're definitely worth your business. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. This has been Talk of Champions, a Thanksgiving edition of Talk of Champions. It was different. It was all over the place. But it's kind of appropriate for a holiday show, right? Kind of fits into the whole holiday vibe. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. But when you get some time off, make sure to go subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Leave that five-star review. We're also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions and subscribe to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. That is the website that I write for. The best coverage of Ole Miss athletics anywhere. My thanks to C.J. Johnson. My thanks to Brian Haydad. Back next week. Have a great holiday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.